So once again, I greet you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus. So the image you have seen, um, it is the image of um, the cross. So basically, how the, how the Lord instructed Moses to put all the finishes of the tabernacle in place. Uh, if you were to remove the top cover of the tabernacle, all you would see is those finishes standing or positioned like a cross. When you look from a bird eye view from the top to the bottom, all you would see is the image of the cross, right? So it's important to understand why the Lord said to Moses, build according to my pattern, build according to my specification. It is very key and significant for a believer to understand why those finishes were stationed and positioned the way they were. For example, as we count, there were seven in number. It is the brazen altar, the brazen laver. Um, it is the altar of incense, the ark of the covenant, the lampstand, and then we see the table of showbread, and then we see the mercy seat as well. So they are seven in number. And remember, seven is the number of perfection. When Jesus was on the cross, he also spoke seven words. So now we're going to go back and forth between the tabernacle and the cross because the tabernacle is a shadow and then the cross is the substance, the reality. And the Old Testament tabernacle is a shadow also of the tabernacle in heaven. Remember, in the tabernacle on earth, there's a mercy seat. And then in the tabernacle in heaven, there's the throne of grace, right? So that is the position from which God speaks, from the throne of grace, from the mercy seat. That's why the Bible says we enter, uh, we approach rather the throne of grace with boldness that you may obtain mercy and grace in times of need. Now, the Jews had regular times for praying and they called it the hour of prayer right? So there was a time when Jesus was in Gethsemane and he prayed for one hour. If we can quote Matthew chapter 26 verse 40 to 41. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to them, what could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing but the flesh is weak. So here Jesus was telling the disciples to say, he was saying to them basically, could you not even pray with me at least one hour? Watch and pray with me at least one hour. If you failed to pray, at least you have failed one hour. You have prayed one hour rather. So here we see the key of the one hour in prayer. I'm going somewhere with this. And then Zechariah at the hour of prayer saw an angel. That is Luke chapter 1 verse 5 to 13. There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zechariah, one of the divisions of Abijah. His wife was of the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and obedience 
or sorry, and ordinances of the Lord blameless. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and they were both well advanced in years. So it was that while he was serving as priest before God in the order of his division, according to the custom of the priesthood, his lot fell to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. And the whole multitude of the people was praying outside at the hour of incense. Remember, incense, according to Revelation, is prayer, where um, the Bible says the four living creatures and the 24 elders, each one was having a harp and a bowl. A bowl was full of incense, which were the prayers of the saints. So now he was standing at the hour of incense, which is the hour of prayer. Verse 11, then the angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing on the right hand side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was troubled and fear fell upon him. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer is heard. Where was he? He was at the altar of prayer, altar of incense at the hour of prayer or the hour of incense. Hence, the angel says, your prayer is heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John, right? So it was at the hour of prayer, a dedicated time of prayer where the angel appeared. So sometime you find that uh, there is that appointed time where the Lord nudges you to pray and he knows that he has already assigned an angel to be by your side when you pray and you don't pray and you don't wake up and you postpone. By the time you decide to say, ultimately, let me do what the Lord says do, you find that it is too late. Yes, you are doing it, but it is no longer serving the purpose for it is too late. So it is important to understand the importance of the hour of prayer and when the Lord nudges you to pray, right? So on the day of Pentecost, in Acts chapter 2, verse 15, the apostles prayed and it was the third hour according to the Bible language and that being 9 a.m. in the morning. Let's go to Acts chapter 2, verse 15. Verse 15 says, For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. It is the third hour of the day. Now, the third hour in the Bible is uh, equivalent to 9 a.m. So when they were filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, they spoke in other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And people who were listening uh, were thinking these people are drunk early in the morning because they were speaking in tongues. They were praying. And uh, someone says, but it is just the third hour in the morning. It cannot be that they, have, uh, they are filled with wine. It is just the third hour in the morning, which is 9 a.m., right? So let us go again to Acts chapter 3, verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together to the temple at the hour of prayer, the ninth hour. The hour of prayer, the ninth hour. The ninth hour is equivalent to 3 p.m., right? So on the day of Pentecost, it was 9 a.m. And now on this day, it is uh, 3 p.m. 
Remember the four cardinal points and remember the cross, right? So we have dealt with the one bar of the cross, and that is 9 a.m. and 3 p.m. Now we're going to deal with the other bar. And before we even go there, uh, Peter in Acts chapter 10, verse 9 to 16, the next day, as they went on their journey and drew near the city, Peter went on the housetop to pray about the sixth hour. Right? The sixth hour is midday. Then he became very hungry and wanted to eat, but while he made ready, he fell into a trance and saw heaven open and an object like a great sheet bound at four corners descending to him and led down to the earth. In it were all kinds of four-footed animals of the earth, wild beasts, creeping things, and the birds of the air. And a voice came to him, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. Amen. So now we see that uh, Peter was praying uh, midday, and then he saw a trance. I mean, he fell into a trance. He saw a vision, he fell into a trance. And then... Um, Cornelius saw a vision uh, uh, at the ninth hour, which is 3 p.m. That is Acts chapter 10, verse 2 to 6. You will read it. And then uh, Jesus was crucified at the third hour, which is 9 a.m. Right? Now there's a, there's a conjunction or there's marriage between those prayer times and the, time, the significance, uh, significant hours in the cross right so jesus was crucified uh, at the third hour which is 9 a.m in the morning and then at the sixth hour which is midday mid midday he was still on the cross hanging there and that was 12 midday and that was when darkness came upon the earth right until 3 p.m so it is important to understand the significance of that. And then, um, at the ninth hour, darkness ceased. And Jesus said, it is finished. But he was not referring to the darkness. He was speaking those seven words. And ultimately, he said, it is finished. Then in Mark chapter 15, we're going to refer to those significant hours. Mark chapter 15, verse 25. Now it was the third hour, and they crucified him, and that was nine in the morning. Then we read same chapter, verse 33 to 34. Now when the sixth hour had come, there was great darkness over the whole land until the ninth hour. Sixth hour, it is midday. Ninth hour would be 3 p.m., right? And then Mark, Matthew 27, verse 46, sorry, verse 45 and 46. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was great darkness over all the earth. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, that is, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Right? And then in the evening, his body was buried, and that was around 6 p.m. That you'll find in Matthew chapter 27. 
in the evening his body was buried now there are two evenings uh, in the jewish culture the first evening begins at three all the way to six the next evening the second evening sorry it begins at six and then all the way right let me make this submission that when he was buried it was round about 6 p.m to complete the entire image of the cross and the prayer hour and the hour of prayer that it is significant to observe god in prayer uh, and it doesn't mean you can only pray at 9 at 12 at 3 at 6 no you can pray anytime but set time aside to communicate with god like Bo Peter did. Bo Peter, they were full of the weight. They were full of the anointing. But they saw the importance of setting time aside for prayer. Such that they, they said, let's find people who will be doing charity work and uh, give people food so that we can have time to pray. Remember, they didn't say so that we can have time to preach. They said so that we can have time to pray. They dedicated themselves to prayer and the ministry of the word. The word is important, but the word alone has no power. It must be backed up and supported by prayer. We need to become a praying believer so that your word that you speak will be followed by signs and wonders. What the Bible says, these signs will follow those who believe. Those believers, they don't just believe, they believe and they pray. Their belief is backed up by prayer. Their faith has prayer in it. They don't just pray. They pray believing and they receive in Jesus' name. So it is important to set time aside towards God in prayer. And the question would be asked, do we need to pray for one hour? Not really. But make sure you have set time aside in prayer so that you can communicate with the Father. Before you know it, as you exercise your prayer muscles, you will make it for one hour and even more in prayer. But start somewhere. You can start with your five minutes, start with your 10 minutes, start with your 15 minutes. It doesn't matter. The important thing is exercise your prayer muscles so that you can get used to speaking with the Father, get used to being overshadowed by His shadow, get used to having the essence of his presence, get used to having the aroma of the sweet-smelling incense, get used to having your prayers not falling to the ground, but they are contained in the, in the bowl which it is going to go to the Lord on or by his mercy seat. So it is important to get used to exercising your prayer muscle. Don't only pray when you want God to do something. That would be an abusive relationship, a one-way relationship. But you might as well pray. Even when things are going good, just have a fellowship with the Father. Communicate with Him. Thank Him for all that He has done in Jesus' mighty name. Don't pray because you want something. Pray even when you don't need anything, just to have a fellowship with the Father. Remember, the accuser of the brethren which is the devil himself, he is appearing before God day and night with accusations 
trying to accuse the believers so that when you start to pray, he can accuse you before God and say, God, there's no way you should answer that prayer because that person is not living a holy life. That person doesn't even believe when they pray. That, you know, those accusations. So make sure you communicate with God also because the devil is appearing twice, at least twice a day before God with accusations. So make sure that prayer is the air that you breathe. Make sure that prayer is consistent. Prayer is ceaseless. Prayer connects you with God. Prayer is the weapon of our warfare. The Bible says the weapon of our warfare, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought to the obedience of God, right? And that is prayer. When you pray, when you ooze in prayer, you would begin to have the divinity of God because that's the essence of God, his godliness, his divinity. You'll begin to smell like God, speak like God, and his ways will be your ways and his thoughts will be your thoughts. You'll begin to be in sync with God. You will synchronize your thought with his thoughts because you are one with the Father. His word is your word. You are meditating on the word of God on a daily basis in the evening and in the morning. The Bible says, this word of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, so that thou shalt make thy way prosperous and successful. We are going to meditate on the word, pray upon the word until the word becomes flesh. It is significant, it is important for us to stay in the will and in the word of God. The word of God shapes us. The Bible says the entrance of thy word brings light and understanding to the simple and the word of the Lord becomes flesh. The word of the Lord shall never return void. The word of the Lord is sharper than a double-edged sword. The word of the Lord is like honey. The word of the Lord is the living bread. It is manna. The word of the Lord is substance. It is rich in Jesus' mighty name. So it is important to meditate on the word, pray upon the word, believe the word, declare the word, decree the word, and not be shaken, not be easily shaken, because the word of the Lord is the basis upon which you stand. So it's important, Basalwani, for us to believe in God, to believe in his word, to move according to his word. As we pray, we are making the relationship between us and God more stronger and more powerful. That's why he said, call upon me and I will answer you and show you great and unsearchable things which you do not know. Remember, the Lord will do nothing unless he reveals it to his servants, the prophet. Uh, make sure you are on the watch out, on the lookout for your dreams and visions because it is the basis on which the Lord will start his communications with you as to what to pray for, what to believe, how to believe, how to meditate. Make sure you are on the lookout on your dreams and visions. Be very sensitive now of late when you dream and when you have visions. Take it to God in prayer. Some of the dreams and visions do not have a literal meaning but they are implying something. So that's why you need to consistently be by the Father's side in prayer. Also asking for some interpretations because some of the dreams, they carry a meaning 
Eileen Hori, it is not a very obvious meaning, but it needs you to be consistent with God in the relationship in prayer. And then the Lord will reveal the unsearchable things to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So it is important, Bazalwani, for us to make sure that we pray at all times. We pray without ceasing. Jesus even said, pray so that you do not fall into temptations, which means when we pray, when we keep on praying, we, we are exempting ourselves from the temptations sent by the enemy against us. Because when you keep on doing the do's, you won't have time for the don'ts. Let me repeat that. If you keep on doing the do's, you won't have time for the don'ts. That thou shalt not. You won't entertain those things because you are busy about your father's business. You are busy making sure that the lampstand is lit. You are making sure that uh, there's oil on the lampstand. You are making sure that the table of show bread has fresh bread, bread revelations. You are making sure that the altar of incense has fire in it. And then your prayer life is on fire. When you are busy doing all of those things, you don't have time for uh, uh, thou shalt not smoke, thou shalt not steal. Because you can't even do that. You are not even tempted. Because you are not even thinking about that. You are not available because you are only available in the things of the Lord. Praise the Lord. Jesus even said, my house shall be called the house of prayer. So it's important for us to understand the significance of spending time in the presence of the Lord. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pledges forevermore. Uh, Moses said, if your presence is not going with me, I am not going anywhere. So uh, he shows us the importance of the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah, Bazalwani. So today I am encouraging you to press on in prayer. And as you do that, you must behold the Lamb of the Lord slain on the cross. And remember that it is important to set time aside for prayer. It doesn't have to be one hour. It doesn't have to be, you know, two hours or whatever. But the important thing is make sure you have set time aside for prayer. Prayer is significant. It is the weapon of our warfare. As I indicated, when you walk with God, you will experience his divinity. The more you pray, you're experiencing the divine nature of God. He gives you the divine weapon, which is prayer, number one. And then uh, you'll begin to see divine manifestations. Remember when Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were in the midst of the fire, the fourth man, who was the son of God, manifested divinely so. So the more you pray, you will see the divine manifestations, right? And then uh, as you pray and you are more into the presence of the Lord, you will get divine enablements. And that is the anointing, God giving you the ability to do things, right? And then uh, God will give you the divine instructions, the how-to. He will give you the knowledge. Remember, he showed Moses how to part the seas. Uh, The more you pray is the more the Lord gives you wisdom on how to do things. He gives you divine strategies. Yes, that's the word I'm looking for. Divine strategies, right? So it is important 
to walk with the Lord in prayer. It is important, Bazalwane. We need him at all times. We need his divine nature. And there will be divine activations, uh, divine appointments. Divine appointments are appointments that are orchestrated by the Lord. When the donkeys were lost, there was a divine appointment that was orchestrated by God to happen between uh, the prophet Samuel and Saul. They met each other without knowing that they're going to cross paths at a particular point. But they met each other. The Lord is the one who wanted them to meet because he caused the donkeys to be lost and he gave instructions to the prophet to say donkeys are found. But they need to meet so that they can cross-pollinate and then there can be a divine activation to say, Saul, you will become a king. So the main issue was that the Lord wanted to anoint him, but the Lord orchestrated a divine appointment and caused donkeys to be lost. Sometimes you lose things. Sometimes bad things are happening because the Lord is setting you up for a divine appointment. Don't always despair when negative things are happening. Always look out because the Lord is able to work all these things together for good to those who are called by the Lord and those who are anointed by him. So all things work together for good. The good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, all those things, the Lord is able to work them up together for good. So no matter what happens in your life, the Lord is able to work it together for his glory. Remember, the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell in it. He can shake the whole earth to work for your favor if he chooses to. Amen. Pray without ceasing, Bazalani, in Jesus' mighty name. I pray that these sessions are activating you and are bringing you closer to your altar of prayer and are also uh, making a clarion call to you to actually draw you to prayer like never before and pray accordingly and accurately according to the pattern given to Moses in the name of Jesus. If you don't believe in what you're going to pray for, don't pray because you need to believe when you are by your altar. An altar is a place of divine exchange, right? So the Lord gave Abraham a ram. Abraham gave him um, Isaac. And there was the divine exchange by the altar. So it's a transaction. You give God the faith and the belief. He gives you the desires of your heart. It's a transaction. So don't go there with no faith. You must go there knowing that the Lord whom I serve is able. And the Lord will answer. Come what me. It might happen now, it might happen later, it might be delayed, but it's going to happen. And pray without ceasing. Remember, one of the reasons other prayers are delayed, it is because uh, when we pray like Daniel, uh, the Lord will then send an angel with answers to us, right? But the Satan or Satan himself will dispatch his demons to fight and delay those angels so that you give up from praying. And when you give up from praying, you are not giving the angels strength to overcome those demons. But the more you pray without ceasing, is the more you empower those angels to fight against whatever opposition that is set against them. Hence, ultimately, the angel said to Daniel, it is through your prayers that I made it. 
You know, the more you were praying was the more I got the strength that I overcame. And here I am now to bring the answer to your prayer. So what causes a delay is not that the Lord is not answering or the Lord is taking time to answer. When you pray and say, Amen, the Lord answers immediately. Remember, he, sometimes he answers before you even pray because he knows your prayer before you utter it. When you walk in holiness, he already is in a position, right, to answer your prayer before you even utter the prayer. But the thing is, when the angels are on the way to bring about your answer, demons are there trying to fight and delay uh, those angels. So that is where you need to pray more. And that's why I said to you, you don't stop praying until you see the manifestation. Amen. So it's important, Basalani, to pray without ceasing. They prayed for Peter. The more they were praying, an angel was sent. The more they were praying, prison foundation was shaken. The more they were praying, prison doors opened by themselves. The more they were praying, chains fell from Peter's hands. The more they were praying, uh, Peter walked faster than the speed of light and then arrived at the prayer house where they were praying for him. They could not even believe it because uh, the prayer that they were praying was so much powerful that it outpaced their level of belief. So, Bazalwane, it's important to pray without ceasing. Have a prayer journal, write your prayer items. Every day you pray, pray about those things until they come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Man.